You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. We talk about issues of the day from a Christian perspective. And we also try to look at things a little bit deeper and the way that uh, even sometimes national politics and the things going on, how they might impact our lives in, in ways, not just because somebody got elected, but in other ways. I think one of those things that's really important, and it has become on the seen today is uh, artificial intelligence, the the artificial intelligence idea that maybe in a political campaign, but maybe even in your own personal life, it's possible that somebody now can use your voice, can just take a recording of your voice and use it to call people and say things. That's what artificial intelligence does, otherwise known as AI. AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. It means <laughs> artificial intelligence. That is what it is. Thank you, Madam Vice President. And uh, speaking of uh, Madam Vice President, tomorrow is the New Hampshire primary. And I think most of the news is going to be on the Republican side because uh, President Biden is running as an incumbent and uh, he does have challengers. And that's where this gets interesting. But you don't hear about that very much. And you've probably never heard of Dean Phillips or uh, most of the other people who might be running against him. But you're going to hear about him here in a second because it could end up being somewhat of the story. Probably tomorrow, uh, you you probably know if you didn't know uh, on the Republican side, uh, Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, he uh, dropped out yesterday. Citizens do not serve politicians. It is the duty of politicians to serve you. Talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. Reversing the decline of this nation requires leadership that delivers big results for the people we are elected to serve. I have a record of leading with conviction, championing an agenda. All right, he goes on for a while, but ultimately says, I'm dropping out. He endorses Donald Trump, okay? And uh, most people think mathematically, and I'm kind of a wonk on this. I try not to get too much in the weeds. Got to be really careful today because I'm going to tell you about the the Democrat side, which is very different and interesting tomorrow. Uh, Anyway, he dropped out. He's endorsing Donald Trump. Probably uh, if Donald Trump wins tomorrow, tomorrow night, uh, and if we win by a particularly large percentage, it's over. It's it's practically speaking over. I, that's what I think. It's probably over already, but like really over. All these, uh, you know, the pundits are saying people are surging. Well, no one's surging. They're not. And uh, on the Democratic side, it's different tomorrow. So you have, and there, I won't get into the inside baseball on the Democrat side, okay? But the, in the Democrat political inner circle, uh, with President Biden running, there was this whole deal where President Biden wanted uh, South Carolina's primary to be the first primary for the Democratic system. And South Carolina is what won it for Joe Biden. And, and if you remember in 2020, what happened really, people always say that, but people forget that we had a shutdown at the end of March. So most of the primaries never actually occurred uh, in the way that you would think. Bernie Sanders was headed for potential victory. And then right before the COVID shutdowns, all of the other Democratic candidates dropped out, endorsed uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden wins in South Carolina, and that was it. He he ultimately, I forget how they did it now. There was some way, but that's that's kind of what happened. I don't know if it would be the same thing had uh, the shutdowns not occurred. But any, at any rate, it did happen. So this time, he's the incumbent. Typically, you don't have uh, any serious candidates running against the incumbent. Although whenever you do, it's a serious problem for uh, the incumbent. 
uh, President uh, George H.W. Bush had Pat Buchanan, who did really well in New Hampshire. Might have even won it. I don't remember. Um, and uh, that was, it's usually a sign of bad news for the incumbent when that happens. Um, so there's a guy named Dean Phillips who is a, a Minnesota congressman. You've probably not heard of him. I hadn't heard of him until I had to look him up. He is running in New Hampshire. And what's happened is the Democrats do not have Joe Biden on the ballot in New Hampshire for the primary. He's not on there. And he's also, in fact, the Democrats have said that the New Hampshire primary is not going to count. And the reason why is that the Democrats and President Biden, like I said, for inside baseball reasons, said, no, we want South Carolina to go first. And New Hampshire is normally first, traditionally first. And they said, forget it. We're still going first. We don't care what you say. And the Democrats said, well, we're not going to count your delegates. And New Hampshire people said, we don't care. And so they're going ahead with their primary early on. And so the president's not on the on the ballot. I don't that's a weird decision to me. I don't I don't really get the the, the politics of it because somebody else could win New Hampshire. And so what happened is is and that that would become the story, right? President Biden loses the New Hampshire primary. Is he vulnerable? You know, people would say. And you know, the the politics of the moment matters a lot in those circumstances. So what has happened is the Biden people have realized maybe it's a mistake that we weren't on the ballot and it's too late to get on the ballot. So what we're going to do is start a write-in campaign and millions of dollars have actually flown in, uh, flown in or wired into uh, New Hampshire and a campaign for write-in Joe Biden is there. He'll probably win. The polls have Joe Biden winning a write-in campaign. You ever vote write-in like seriously? Like sometimes I just write my name in or, or um, you know, I'll write somebody else's name in. Maybe I'll, I'll write your name in, Wilbert, uh, this time for uh, some candidate. If there's just like nobody to vote for, I tend to just write in somebody. I'm uh, I'm challenging you for emperor. Emperor, that's right. Uh, is that an electable job? Uh, I was an emperor once at a company that I worked for. They asked me to. It's a longer story for another time. They asked me for a title. They said I couldn't be president or vice president, so I put down emperor. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and uh, they weren't sure what to do with that. But uh, <clears throat> anyway. It's hard to win a write-in campaign, but probably President Biden. Everybody knows who he is. You got to spell the name right, and Joe Biden is not hard to spell. It, he'll he'll win most likely, but uh, it's a big deal politically on that side. And Dean uh, Phillips, Congressman Dean Phillips, has gone from a complete obscurity to some polls. He's well into the thirties. And uh, New Hampshire, you just never know. He put an ad out, and the ad uh, I like political ads. The ad is uh, Bigfoot watching TV and in New Hampshire. And this is the Bigfoot ad for Dean Phillips against Joe Biden in the New Hampshire primary. I'm something of an expert on elusive creatures. So I challenged myself to find President Biden in New Hampshire during this primary season. I thought I was good at hiding. So I asked around, have you seen Joe? I mean, how can you have tens of thousands of people looking for you all the time and not one person find you? I looked for him everywhere, even the Democratic primary debate. No, Joe. But I did keep seeing this guy. This guy, Dean Phillips, was everywhere. It's like he actually cared about what people were telling him. A politician that cares? Well, that's scarcer than Joe Biden in New Hampshire. I started to wonder. I mean, has Joe Biden even been here at all? Never did find Joe Biden. Now some big money super PAC is telling us to vote for him. Why write him in 
when he's written us off. I'm Dean Phillips, candidate for president, and I approved this message. That is a super entertaining ad. You can, If you're watching on KKLA.com, you can watch our live streams. So we actually played it on there. I'll put it on the uh, socials later. We'll make sure that you can see that. But, you know, it's Bigfoot. He's sitting there, and he's got one of these old video cameras with, like, the VHS tape in the back, like what would have. You know, you've seen the famous Bigfoot clip where it looks like Bigfoot walking through. It's all part of that. I don't believe in Bigfoot, by the way. Um, anyway, it's a, it's a interesting ad. So, And this is not the AI story. I'm going to get to that in a second. But I wanted you to know that there is tension on that side for the New Hampshire primary. New Hampshire primary. I don't think it'll, whatever happens, unless Dean Phillips wins big, I don't see how it makes the news probably, but it is interesting. Um, well, something that has happened is interesting because if Dean Phillips wins or if he does really well, it could end up on the news and it could show up as something that says, hey, maybe Joe Biden's not doing too well in this campaign. Um, maybe people are actually considering an alternate, right? That's what the Joe Biden crowd wants to avoid. Now, I don't know who did this, but a robocall, you know what a robocall is? It's these automated automated phone calls. They're super annoying and you get them from political candidates and it's, you know, hi, I'm Scott Furrow. I'm running for president. I really would like your vote, blah, blah, blah. And it's just recorded. You can't respond or anything to it. Uh, just to remind you to vote or tell you. Usually it's something that's not even the candidate. It's something that's telling you something, you know, why the other candidate is going to uh, blow up the earth if they win the election. This is the Biden robocall. And what you need to know, okay, before I play this, this is not Joe Biden. It's artificial intelligence voice, Joe Biden. Joe Biden did not do this. His campaign did not do this. Uh, the write-in people didn't do this. This is what people are hearing in New Hampshire on the phones. Voting this Tuesday only enables the Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump again. Your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday. If you would like to be removed from future calls, please press 2 now. Now, that's the short version. I clicked the wrong thing. I'll click the longer version. But that's the point of it right there where he's what the robocall is saying. And this is the shenanigan is that you only get one vote. So don't vote for Joe Biden tomorrow. Vote for him in November. You want to save your vote for November. And it, it would leave the, the listener who might be confused about how the process works. And let me tell you, there's a lot of confusion out here with this that says they can't vote in November if they vote in March. And that's the, here's the whole here's the whole thing. I'm going to play the whole thing. It's clip three, uh, Jose. New Hampshire's attorney general. Meanwhile, oh, New Hampshire's I, attorney general. Thing? Meanwhile, I thought is, I had the whole thing. Well, maybe I don't have the whole thing. There's an entire version where he begins by saying uh, that's just a bunch of malarkey and uh, those kinds of things. And uh, it sounds just like him. The long ver uh, clip four. Do I have it? No, nah, it's not. It's not the whole thing. Yeah, it's just too. There's a. It's a longer. There's a longer version. We'll find it for you. But it's. Uh, it. It instructs people then to hit number two, and and basically what you're doing is you're. It is something that is put out there. Nobody knows who put it out there to try to get you to not vote and write in Joe Biden, and so people wonder: Did Dean Phillips people do this? Did some just some kid do this somewhere? Does anybody even know about this? But uh, I'll play clip four again, just so you hear that part of it. This is not Joe Biden, but it sounds like Joe Biden. Oh, I'm not hearing. Tuesday only enables the Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump again. Your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday. If you would like to be removed from future calls, 
please press two now. See, they throw that in there to try to make it sound legit, but it's not legit. And the you know a big point about this is that it is it's fooling people, and this goes out to thousands of people. So thousands of people have gotten this. Would you know? If uh, a voice that sounds like Joe Biden or sounds like Donald Trump was not really that person, like how how in tune are you? Or would you even know if it's your mom? Would you know if it is a family member, your child? This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join the conversation. You know, I was thinking a lot about this because, you know, if you're and if you're thinking that this just is like a rare thing, this kind of shenanigan, this kind of shenanigan in politics happens all the time. It's always happened. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I told you, uh, if you listen to our little pre-show with uh, Big Wave Dave, uh, David James, you know, I said I'd confess a couple of things. Shenanigans happen all the time in campaigns. They've just, they've just changed over time, but there's always people trying to get you to vote somehow differently in some subtle way to fool you. All right, we used to hand out flyers when I was in college that said uh, Republicans vote on Tuesday and Democrats vote on Wednesday. And it was just this <laughs> this flyer that was like, uh, hey, if you're a Republican, you need to remember to vote on Tuesday, which is when the real election was. And then it was, if you're a Democrat, you vote on Wednesday. And I've always wondered, I wonder how many people fell for that, especially college students, right? I wonder how many of them, you know, got up on Wednesday, went down to their polling place and went, what, that was yesterday? Oh, man, every year, right? I get that wrong all the time. And we would laugh. We used to call people. This is the confession part, right? We would call people in the middle of the night. This is back before you had caller ID. I hate to date myself then, but there used to be a time in in America where you would call people and the phone would ring and you had no idea who it was. You didn't see the number. You didn't see the name. And you would never find out if they didn't tell you. The phone would ring and you would pick it up. And so on election, you know, the day before the election, the night before the election, this happens all the time. We would call people and pretend to be our opponent. So uh, let's say I'm voting, you know, I'm running against Wilbert, you know, for emperor. And I would call up and I would say, uh, hi, uh, my name is uh, Fred and uh, I work for uh, Wilbert's emperor campaign. And I just want you to, I want to find out if you know where your polling place is. We want, we really hope you get out to vote uh, in the morning. Well, it's three o'clock in the morning, right? So people wake up and they get mad. Who are you? I'm with the Wilbert campaign. Well, not voting for the Wilbert people. And then they'd slam the phone down and, and, and we would laugh. <laughs> and the candidates don't know, you know, most of the time. I can't remember. I might have mentioned it. But uh, most of the time you don't know. I had a guy, he knew this guy who worked with us one time. We're talking about college students. You know the signs, those political signs you put up everywhere? It's illegal to take them down. You can't take down your opponent's sign. You just can't. But let me tell you what, you would, you would actually, we would be in the back seat of a, in the back of a pickup truck, not the back seat, but in the, the bed of a pickup truck with a baseball bat playing political sign baseball. Whack! You're just driving down the street, knocking down the signs with a baseball bat. And a friend of mine actually had a literal ball and chain tied to the end of a pole. It looked like he got the pole from a chain link fence, one of those poles, and a ball and chain on the end of it. That way he could knock them down if they were up really high, right? And then all the signs would be gone, and the candidate would call and complain the next day. You guys knocked down all my signs. No, we didn't. So you got to repent. from. But those kinds of things happen in politics. And they're... Honestly, those things that that we did as college students were shenanigans that probably didn't affect anything really, right? Hardly anybody noticed. Nobody cared about it. It really wasn't a big deal. 
with respect to how people vote. A few people might have been impacted. Um, the AI situation where thousands of people are getting robocalls from somebody who sounds like President Biden, who's not, that could switch an election, right? There could be robocalls. And the thing is, is that nobody knows who's doing it. Nobody knows when they're coming out. It's a, it is a dangerous time that we are living in. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Remember when uh, Donald Trump called in 2016, Donald Trump keeps saying that he won, this is the third time in a row he's won Iowa. It's not true. He lost Iowa in 2016. Now, he thought he won because he thought that Ted Cruz cheated. And remember his nickname for Senator Ted Cruz, Senator from Texas? The nickname was Lion Ted. Remember that? He's Lion Ted. And that would be, everybody's got a nickname, right? Until you lose, apparently you no longer have the nickname. But, uh, and and Ted Cruz and Donald Trump are uh, good friends, you know, right now. Anyway, he called which is amazing when you think about it. I mean, Donald Trump actually suggested, implied that <laughs> during that period of time that that Ted Cruz's father might have had something to do with the Kennedy assassination. Right? That's how crazy it got. I'm not making that up. Look it up. He, he was lying, Ted. But you know why he was lying, Ted? It's because there was lying going on in his campaign. There was a controversy involving Cruz's campaign tactics where Cruz was accused of of telling Iowa voters. The idea was the more voters who come out, and people thought that that Trump was still a joke at this point. People thought, you know, hey, he's not going to win. Um, and the idea was if more Iowans come out to vote, then probably Ted Cruz would be the winner. Um, and Ben Carson, if you remember Ben Carson, who he's one of the people who could be Trump's vice president coming up here. Ben Carson was running but not doing well. And the story was that uh, a, a robocall went out from Ted Cruz telling people that Ben Carson has dropped out of the race and you need to go ahead and go vote for Ted Cruz. And it wasn't true that Ben Carson had dropped out of the race. And also what they did was they sent out mailers. The Cruz people sent out mailers and the mailers were almost as bad as the whole thing where I said Democrats vote on Tuesday. You know, it almost to say Trump voters vote on Wednesday and Cruz voters vote on Tuesday when the election's really on Tuesday. It told people that if you don't vote in the caucus, the Iowa caucus, then you might go to prison, that you might go to jail because it's illegal to not participate. Uh, and people got a, a thumb in the mail that said voter violation, and it implied that they had committed a violation because they didn't participate in last elections, and it scared people. Those things happen. They happen all the time, right? Now, now that's before AI. AI was not a thing, and that, that was going on. That's, this is why I'm, I'm talking about this, because we've got to be prepared for what we're going to hear from people that may not be true. 888-528-2557 may not even be truly them. Uh, 888-528-2557. William in Fullerton, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi, William. To get through. How are you doing today on this wet Monday? <laughs> well, I'm doing fine. I have not received any robocalls. How about you? How do you feel about that? Uh, I haven't received any robocalls either, but the uh, comment that says it wasn't Joe Biden, but my personal belief is that his campaign people cooked this thing up. Well, it's kind of an anti-Joe Biden thing, though. It's, it's, it's not, you know, the robocall would go against Joe Biden's plans in New Hampshire, so it's probably not his campaign. Why would it, why would it be his campaign? Well, for the same reason that uh, the city that invented the cemetery votes uh, exists. 
You mean Chicago? It's just the design, yes. <laughs> well, I know a lot of dead people are voting in Chicago. That's been happening for a long time. But, you know, William, I think that in this particular case, you know, in the future, you might see campaigns using other organizations to create robocalls with AI and so they can spread lies without actually spreading the lies because they didn't even say it. Right. It's, there's going to be an interesting ethical line that people are going to try to draw here. But I, I would say that this is not the this is not the Biden campaign because it would thwart the the purpose of the call is to thwart the Biden campaign plan. So I don't think this is Biden. I think if it's not Dean Phillips, which is the candidate who's running against him that nobody's heard of, but is doing pretty well as, as high as like 36 percent in some polls. Um, but it could be anybody. It could be anybody else. It could be just kids having fun. I mean, it might be. Just people screwing around. Well, uh, William, thanks for your calls. When we come back, uh, I do have that whole clip. I'll play that clip for you. And uh, we'll talk about some other things in the news as well. The number is 888-528-2557. Does it worry you, this AI thing? Are you on top of it enough to know what to do if you got one of these from a family member or a close friend asking you for money or asking you for help somehow? 888-528-2557. You can follow us on social media at Pastor Scott Show, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, All of them. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Joe Biden here. Your call matters. Give Pastor Scott a call at 888-528-2557. Call now, Jack. Thank you, President Biden, for giving out our phone number, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We're talking about uh, artificial intelligence, and uh, one listener asked uh, in our text line, uh, what's a robocall? Robocalls are automated voice messages. It's a, it's a robot calling you, so there's not a real person pressing any buttons or saying anything. You can just you can have a machine, a computer, just call a whole bunch of people, thousands of people, actually, and just leave a message. That's the robocall, automated call, just saying, hey, go out and vote for me. Or in the case of what's happening in New Hampshire in the Democratic primary, you've got a fake Joe Biden. Play that Joe Biden again uh, for us here. Joe Biden here. Your call matters. Give Pastor Scott a call at 888-528-2557. Call now, Jack. That's pretty good. Right at the end, it has to be a better inflection with, you know, call now, Jack. Right, but we can work on that. I mean, considering I only used about two to three pieces of audio of him. And that that's something that you got to listen to, is that that uh, that was only in a few minutes here, right? How long did it take you to create that? Uh, probably like five minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes, pretty good for five minutes. See what I'm talking about is that uh, this is a this is a really really big deal. This is the I was going to play the entire robocall. We didn't have that before. I've got it now, and uh, this once again is AI Joe Biden. This is not Joe Biden. Okay, but this is this call. If you're just joining us, is something that's going out to Democratic voters in New Hampshire, uh, asking them to not vote tomorrow in the primary. Um, and the, the reason is because Joe Biden's not on the ballot. He's just running as a write-in in New Hampshire. There's a lot of inside Democrat politics for that. Um, but the concern is, is that Dean Phillips, who is a Democrat congressman who's running for office, might do really well. So there's a write-in campaign, write-in Biden. And uh, this, nobody knows where this is coming from. It could be coming from Dean Phillips. But whatever it is, this is not Joe Biden. What a bunch of malarkey. We know the value of voting Democratic when our votes count. It's important that you save your vote for the November election. We'll need your help in electing Democrats up and down the ticket. 
voting this Tuesday only enables the Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump again. Your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday. If you would like to be removed from future calls, please press 2 now. See, I think that sounds a lot like him, right? Like, it depends on what mood he's in, but that's the, the sort of tired, I got to read it, Joe Biden. There's, there's something with the pauses that give it away for me. It gives it away because he pauses a little bit? Yeah, if you, I, I guess it's because I've, like, toyed around with it for the show. So you can tell what it's doing. But there's, like, a certain, like, like you could tell it's red. Yeah. Like, but he would read it, like, in real life. Yeah, he would read it like yeah. that, but he also has a certain cadence that, for some reason, it's AI just can't pick up yet. The, the part that would give it away for me is the end where he says, you know, press three or whatever. I think that another voice would come on and say, if you don't want it, these ads, you know, press three. Yeah, exactly. Um, at any rate, it's the scary part to make it a little more personal. And, and I just want to – I think I've talked about this before, but it's such a huge deal. We just have to be ready. And there is an easy solution, by the way, so that you're not scammed by this. So this isn't to scare you. This is to tell you how not to get scammed. But you know what the grandma scam is? I know people who have been scammed by this to the tune of thousands and thousands of dollars. The grandma – it's called the grandma scam. If you look it up, you know, no offense to grandmas, but it's called the grandma scam. What happens is, is you get a phone call and the person says it's your grandson or your granddaughter. And they say they're in deep trouble. They wrecked their car. They're in Tijuana and they're in jail and they're embarrassed and they don't want you to tell mom or dad. And they want you to help them by sending them money, you know, via, you know, one of those wiring services and don't tell anybody, but I need the money now. And, uh, you know, and you're getting this phone call from somebody who maybe you don't even recognize your grandkids voice, but imagine now. And so what happens is, is that you, and this happens with text sometimes too, right? Right. Text, you get a phone call. There are ways that they can even pretend to, when you get a, if you have a cell phone and you've got a caller ID, there's ways that they can pretend to be that other number. Okay. So the, the solution, by the way, is if you ever get a call like that from anybody, hang up and call them back. You know, you know what their number is. You call them back and see if they're in the same, you know, situation. You know, you call them back. Your your grandkid is not stuck in Mexico needing a whole bunch of money. He needs to call the uh, United States Embassy or something if that's what's going on. Uh, don't do it. Anyway, uh, but it does work all the time. So now the danger is, is that through artificial intelligence, they can actually, with just a, a few lines of voice, you created that Joe Biden one on your own, right? Yeah. And uh, you've done this with me before, and I couldn't even tell it wasn't me. Yeah, it took it took you a second. I think it was a cartwheel thing. I, I made. It's a because you con- you accidentally connected to something I once talked about years ago, and I thought, where in the world did you find this audio? Yeah, right. So it was enough to make me think it could be me, even though it wasn't. Um, and it took you. It took you. Just had a couple of real lines from Joe Biden and yeah, created the voice. I found some clips of him online where uh, where he, it's just him giving a speech. No, you know, photo. Yeah. So now what the scam is, is they can find anybody's voice online because a lot of people have videos, you're on social media. And uh, the way the grandma scam works is they look for an old person's name in a, you know, in an old folks home, a retirement home, a church directory, you know, someplace where older people might be. And they look for, you know, there are names, right? Yeah. If If your name is Minerva, you're probably an older person, not 100%. Right. But ninety nine percent of Minerva's listening to our show. You're probably up there. My grandmother was named Minerva. I get it. All right. Um, And uh, so you look for Minerva and you figure out who Minerva, because especially online now, you can find people's family and stuff. And, um, you know, Jose, (laughs) 
Jose is saying to me that one time uh, Tupac asked for him for money, and he was in Cuba, apparently. So you sent him some money in Cuba, huh? Yeah, you know, uh, I think he died, uh, you know, a while ago, but maybe not. He's just hanging out. Um, I'm telling you this because you – I'm afraid that people are going to get scammed in all kinds of ways with this, and it's going to happen personally to you. It's going to happen in the politics. Just be very, very careful about anything happening on the phone. I say if you get a robocall from anybody, hang up. You don't need it. You'll get informed so you, you don't need it. You kind of know uh, where things are at with with all of those things. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join our conversation, 888-528-2557 uh, is what's going on. And otherwise, other places in uh, politics today, the uh, the Supreme Court has ruled against uh, the state of Texas in favor of the Biden administration for tearing down the barbed wire fences that uh, Texas put up along the border. So Texas along the border has put up these barbed wire fences in different places where there's no no wall. There's places in Texas where there's just a river and uh, or no border at all. And they've put this up. And the Supreme Court has consistently actually ruled against states for this. And the Supreme Court, it was uh, all three liberals and two of the conservatives who voted um, against the state of Texas. And the, the basic idea is that this is a, a federal issue, right, that the border and how you control the border, all of that stuff constitutionally is federal. Now, four conservatives voted in favor of Texas, which is a little different. I think the last time they voted on this, it was seven to two, maybe eight to one, maybe it was nine to nothing. And I think there's a frustration building up that if the federal government doesn't do its job, then somebody's got to do it. But the problem with that thinking is that the state, the Constitution gives this to the federal government. And as you see the arguments that are going on back and forth about what to do about the border and, you know, whose fault is it? Is it President Biden's fault? Is it the Republicans' fault? You know, where does this, where does this land? Is it Congress's fault? Where does it land? It lands with the executive branch. And you go read the Constitution yourself. This, this is something that any president, President Biden, President Trump, any other president, this is a place where you have authority. Right now it lands with Homeland Security. You actually have the authority to follow the laws and the responsibility to follow the laws and control the border. And you don't need new laws. You, you may not like the laws that we have. Maybe they need to be changed. Maybe we need all kinds of immigration reform, all of that. That's fine. And it's fine to argue about that. It's fine to argue about changing the laws. But the constitutional constitution gives the executive branch the power to oversee the border. It just does. That's why Donald Trump was able to do what he did at the border. And, uh, you know, he didn't get the funding he needed from Congress. There's always a check, right? There's always something there. And there's always Congress involved. But but there is nothing that prevents um, the border from being secured with the laws that are there already. And the Supreme Court always finds that. So what's happening is Texas, who has put up their own border fence in part of it, uh, they're going to have to remove that. And uh, I don't I don't think that's surprising. Does that surprise you? It's all about it's important that we just have a society where if we have laws and we have a system that we follow that system until we change it. If it ought to be changed, and I get why they're doing that in Texas. I get why that happens in other places. But if you're going to have law and order, then you have to keep law and order. 
That's that's just the way it is. And I'm not sure. You know, it was a five to four decision from the Supreme Court. I haven't read it yet. I usually get into that kind of thing, but I think that's you know historically that's what they find is that no, the the federal government controls the border and states cannot interfere with that. It could go the other way, right? A state could decide maybe you know how cities are sanctuary cities. California, we have a a wall in California in most of the border actually. And what if Gavin Newsom decided, you know what? Uh, I'm going to tear the wall down. I don't like it. Not my policy. I don't think we should have walls. And uh, he could just go tear it down, right? The Supremes would also say no, that even though that wall is in California, you don't have authority over it. It's the federal government's responsibility, that wall. And so when you see that news, I notice it's uh, number one news on a lot of the stations that uh, I watch in here. You know, there's going to be a lot of people talking about it from different sides. And there's it's such a huge deal. And I think the the subject is a huge deal. It will be maybe the number one issue coming up uh, this year. One of the things to keep in mind is that probably the Supremes are correct, that the federal government has this responsibility. And the argument ought to be, why is the government, the federal government, not taking up its responsibility? Why are they not doing that? That should be the conversation. And I think the the politics of it is both sides have different ways to try to shift the conversation to blame the other side, this and that. But in the meantime, they're not really doing it. Anyway, just to give you a thought there, I think that's important for conversations that come up about these issues is we have a constitution. We ought to follow it. That's It's very, very simple. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. When we come back, I have an announcement of about this year's uh, event with Dennis Prager, and it's going to be with Pastor Alan Jackson. And uh, last year we called it Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. This year we're going to call it Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian. And we'll tell you more about that as the Monday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. As the president just mentioned, the number is 888-528-2557. Nice of him to uh, give us that uh, little plug there. And we'll see what other candidates we might be able to uh, have on our show, you know, eventually, 888-528-2557. I have a a special announcement. The uh, Remember last year, in the last few years, we've had an event at uh, KKLA in Los Angeles, but people come from all over Southern California. It's called Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. That's been the name of it. Always includes Dennis Prager, and then it always includes a uh, a pastor, either from the Southland or somebody who's well-known uh, around the country. And uh, this year, we've changed it a little bit. And it's going to be March 12th. You can get tickets now at KKLA.com. You can sign up and get tickets at KKLA.com. That is just kicked off today. It's going to be on March 12th. It's at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. So it was in Pasadena last year. It's going to be in Porter Ranch uh, at Shepherd Church. Shepherd Church right there, right by the freeway. And uh, easy to get to, by the way, from just about anywhere. You take the uh, 5 North, 118 uh, West, and you're there in just a couple of minutes. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And um, 
Pastor Dudley Rutherford, who you hear on this station later on tonight. His program is on in uh, in L.A. He will be moderating. I'll be there to uh, introduce people, and I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Dennis Prager and Pastor Alan Jackson, who you also hear on this station, will be representing the Christian point of view. We changed the name of it. So Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile has been what it's been for a long time. Now it's going to be a, this year anyway. It'll be Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian. And uh, we changed it a little bit uh, for, it's usually kind of how that conversation plays out. And what it is, it's a dialogue uh, with Dennis Prager and Pastor Alan Jackson. And if you don't know Dennis Prager, who is on our sister station here and on AM 870, The Answer, and he is national, obviously national talk show host, uh, he's Jewish. And uh, many people think he's Christian, but he's not. He is not. He is a he is a uh, conservative uh, Jew, I think is how he, he calls himself. But he'll be on our show, actually, pretty soon to talk about that. He'll be on. We'll have Alan Jackson on. And a big part of this is a conversation. You know, whenever something happened in, whenever this happened in Israel on October 7th, how many people would you say really understood what was happening in Israel? What is the state of modern Israel? Like, what is, how does it work? Um, I even took some time to say, you know, what is it that I know? I read a few books because I wanted to see, you know, I have some idea as a pastor and stuff, but I also have experience as a pastor of realizing that truth be told, often we don't have a clue what we're talking about when it comes to the Middle East. Uh, I've learned a lot and uh, I, I know better what I'm talking about. I have a friend who had a ministry, pastor friend had a ministry where it was for people who are coming over here as refugees or immigrants, and there were lots of people in his ministry, they would learn English or they would learn, you know, different things about, uh, you know, being an American or other things. There were all kinds of different classes that people would take to try to fit into society here, basically. And there was one class where he had a Muslim guy and a Jewish guy, and they hated each other. He he would tell me, he says, I think we're going to have the apocalypse in my classrooms where that's going to happen, uh, begin. Because he said they just openly hated each other in the classroom. And he said, until somebody came in to give their opinion of the Middle East situation, the Israel uh, question, and that guy was so wrong about it, he said that these two guys looked at each other and stood up and accurately explained what's going on in the Middle East. And uh, it was almost like they were friends. He said, suddenly they became Siegfried and Roy, and they were on the same same page. And he said, I think I've solved the Middle East crisis. We just have to get people to come in and talk about it wrong. And then uh, both sides will come together and say, you're an idiot, and here's why, and uh, work it out. Well, hopefully no one will be calling anybody an idiot at this event. I think it's going to be great. Uh, I really have enjoyed it the last few years. I know many of you have been to it. If you've been to it before, um, I hope that you come back. So the conversation will be a little bit different, especially in light of what's happening in the world today. And, you know, how much do you really know about how uh, Christians and Jews see what's happening in the Middle East? There is a difference. There is a difference between different uh, sects of, of Judaism and even in Christianity, some different points of view. We'll talk about those things. I think it's really important that we understand Right when we take a look at what's happening with uh, the protests, the the anti-Israel or the uh, pro-Palestinian or pro-Hamas protests have been going on. You know, a lot of those people just don't have a clue. You know what actually the case is, um, and that's been something we've learned. Right, is that certain chance people say, you know, from the river to the sea, and then you ask them what does that mean, and they don't know. You know, is it the Tigris River and the Black Sea? You know, I heard one person say and they don't have a clue what it means, what river they're talking about. They just heard it in some class and they go say it. Now, many people today have a clue. And if you're still saying that and you know what it means, that it's about the destruction of Israel and uh, Jews, uh, you got a problem. 
um, there is a lot of conversation that is going to happen there. So the tickets are on sale now. Go to kkla.com. We'll talk about it more in our program. Uh, click on the uh, Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian banner. It's right there on the top. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. There'll be a lot of people there, but tickets will sell out. So you want to get them as soon as possible. Okay, so there's a lot of room, but uh, today's the first day to get tickets. But it's also at a big church. A lot of people from Shepherd Church, I'm sure, are going to go. And uh, that room will fill out pretty quickly. It is going to be with with Dennis Prager and Pastor Alan Jackson. And uh, there are also some VIP tickets. The VIP tickets, you come early, you'll get to meet those guys, and uh, they'll sign uh, books if they've got them, or you'll get to have a little conversation with them. And so there's tickets for that. That was also a lot of fun last year. Uh, in fact, afterward, I have a video of this somewhere. I'm going to have to find it, but our, our, it was Dennis Prager and it was Eric Metaxas last year, last year, you know, Eric and Eric has a book called letter to the American church. And that had just come out. So he was signing those books. And then, uh, I told people as a joke that I would go ahead and sign them, you know, after they left. And, uh, after they left, I did keep signing them, but that was not part of the VIP experience, by the way, it was just afterward in the parking lot. But I, I signed quite a few books on, uh, on behalf of those guys, you know, so, um, you never know. Um, but you go to the VIP tickets, you'll have them actually, uh, sign your book. So once again, go to KKLA.com and click on the banner there and sign up for that. We'll tell you more about it on our program. And I think it's going to be a very valuable thing for everybody, whether you're Jewish or you're Christian or you're not, if you're a Gentile, right? It's for everybody. I think it's really important that we understand, you know, what this means from a Christian perspective, how other people view what's happening in the Middle East also from a Jewish perspective. And I think you'll get into a secular perspective, a religious uh, Jewish perspective, a whole lot of different things. I think it's it's super valuable. Plus, it will help you understand your Bible better. I really, really believe that. So that's coming up on March 12th. That's coming up very, very quickly. Uh, I wanted to uh, also mention, by the way, the number is 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You know, a sad story uh, related to what's happening in the Middle East. Our troops have been under attack in different ways. I heard today 140 different attacks happening in various places in the Middle East, and um, many of our troops have been injured. They call it uh, traumatic brain injury. So that means that the bombs didn't hit them directly, probably, but the concussion of the bomb is causing a lot of injuries. And also in the Red Sea, the Houthis from the country of Yemen, which is right at the mouth of the Red Sea down there, have been attacking American ships and also supply ships. And it could affect the entire world economy. And Americans have not fought back too much with this, but we have a little bit. And there was a mission with Navy SEALs where we, unfortunately, we lost the Navy SEALs. This is uh, Admiral Kirby discussing that today. Um, And then lastly, um, I'd be remiss speaking about the field of battle if I did not also um, point you to the president's statement today uh, acknowledging and mourning the death of two Navy SEALs uh, who were killed while conducting an interdiction operation um, in the uh, the Gulf of Aden, uh, trying to interdict uh, munitions and weapons that we believe were heading from Iran to uh, to the Houthis uh, in Yemen, it uh, underscores how dangerous the mission can be, um, and the dangers that these uh, these brave warriors are willing to face every day. And I think, as we all go about our day, we ought to just take a moment to remember that a couple of families are just got the worst news possible, um, and it's important that they know 
uh, that the president and the first lady will stay solidly behind them and their families, make sure that they get all the support they need. And I know that the same sentiment has been expressed to them from the Defense Department and from the Navy Department. So we don't know all of the details, but it sounds like the mission had to do with preventing arms supplies from uh, getting to the Houthis, and that's uh, something that you know I think the United States is doing in a lot of places in the world. You know how do how do the Hamas get all those rockets? You know they complain that uh, food is not being allowed in, but they can get rockets for some reason. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot uh, that we'll never know about that. But uh, you know that is uh, our our armed services and the Navy SEALs. Um, right here in Southern California, they're based in Coronado, and uh, they, uh, I'm sure they're based in some other places too. They have a tremendous training that they go through, and they're often the first to go into battle or into combat situations. My first ministry was with young adults, and at 9-11, we had a lot of Navy SEALs coming to this young adult ministry that I was in charge of. And when 9-11 happened, none of them appeared the next day. When we got together, they were all gone. And one of them came back. I'm, I'm not saying they all died. I think they eventually uh, went to other uh, commands, you know, after that. They had other orders in other places and were moved around. But one of them came back. And he described that day. And he said, yeah, it was 6 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I'm in class, this guy was describing. And he said, a hand went on my shoulder. And they said, it's time to go. And we immediately packed up. We had no idea what happened. We had no idea where we were going or what we were going to do. But we were out of there in a very short period of time. And uh, I don't even know what they ended up doing. He couldn't talk about that, and I don't blame him. Um, He's probably not allowed. But we have people who are called to do tremendously dangerous and frightening things for our security and for the world. And uh, we need to keep them in prayer. And we need to hope that they're successful in keeping the peace. And we want to lift up in prayer the families of these two soldiers in particular who have died in this uh, conflict. And uh, we want to pray for more success so that this conflict doesn't get bigger than it already is. Uh, so I'm just going to pray real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll end it. God, I thank you for um, our country, and there are so many things going on. Specifically, though, we just pray for the families of these two Navy SEALs who lost their lives uh, trying to prevent weapons uh, from coming in. And there's so many details and, and so much tragedy and difficulty when it comes to war anyway. But God, we pray for their families. We pray that they would be comforted by you. And uh, we pray for our leadership and the president and everybody that right decisions would be made uh, in this entire situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, this is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow us right now on at Pastor Scott Show on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and X, and even, uh, what's the other one, TikTok, uh, at Pastor Scott Show. Just follow us right now at Pastor Scott Show. You can get the podcast by looking for The Pastor Scott Show wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you tomorrow from 3 to 5. Everybody have a good night.